Hello and welcome to What The Buck. My name is Jennifer. I am a labor and delivery nurse and a certified labor doula. This podcast is created to inform and empower every woman on all of their options surrounding their pregnancy. Join me here every Monday at 9 a.m. as we dive into all things prenatal, birth, postpartum, and so much more. So let's jump into today's Before we get into today's birth story, I did want to mention that I am making breast milk jewelry. So you might've heard it on the podcast before or seen it on Instagram. My website is www.thehoneyandgold.com, but it is super fun. I started off just making rings with people's breast milk and now I've done some pendants and in the future, some other things. So I would so appreciate your guys' support. You literally get whatever piece of jewelry you want. I send you information on how to get your milk to me. You ship your breast milk straight to my house. I then myself preserve your breast milk. I put it into whatever piece of jewelry you choose with whatever other inclusions you choose. You can see different designs um, over on our Instagram, which is just at the honey and gold or on our website on the design page, but please go check it out. I love you guys and I appreciate your support so much. Welcome to another episode of What the Bump. Today we have Kyra on the podcast and she's going to share her birth story. So thank you for being here and thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for having me. Starting off, tell us a little bit about who you are, um, a little bit about your family too. Okay, so my name is Kyra and I'm from Arkansas. And um, me and my husband, we actually met when we were seven years old and we started dating when we were 13. Um, got married at 20 and then just had our baby boy at 21. So, and then we have a little dog and um, our baby boy is Paxton and he's going to be six months old in two days. So, oh, wow. Little half birthday coming up. Yes. That's, that's awesome. It flies by like <laughs> so fast, so fast. Um, that's awesome. So when you, you said you guys got married at 20, so were you guys, mm-hmm. you know, Obviously that's young to get married. I mean, my husband got married when I was 19. So I totally understand that. Um, Were you guys planning to have a baby kind of shortly after that? Did you know you wanted to start your family young or did it kind of just happen? Yeah, no, it just happened. So um, I was actually on birth control, the pill. Wow. And um, actually three weeks after our honeymoon, I got pregnant and it was definitely not planned. Um, We wanted to wait quite a few years actually, because I'm trying to finish my undergrad and he is too. And then he wants to be a chiropractor. So he has another four years after that. So we were trying to wait a little bit and, you know, get school done and whatnot. Yeah. So that's but, crazy. Yeah. It's crazy that people, you know, nothing is a hundred percent. No, nothing. <laughs> obviously, except for like just not having sex, but yes. um, okay. So tell me about finding out you were pregnant. Okay. So that's quite funny, actually. Um, so I was on the pill and I actually went in to go get an IUD because I just didn't like the way it was making me feel and stuff like that, which I heard was pretty common. So I went to go get an IUD and then they make you take a pee test, you know, and I was Thank like, goodness. oh, I'm fine. Yeah, <laughs> I was, I'm fine. So um, I took the pee test and I'm like, have no pants on. So I'm just waiting in the room. And she comes in and she's like, well, like, when was your last cycle? And mine was like never regular. So I was like, oh, it was like a month ago, like, you know, and she was like, well, you're not getting the IUD today because your test was positive. And I just started crying. I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> I was like, oh no, like, what am I going to do? And she was just trying to like console me and it was fine. Um, it took us about a week to like really process and we were good after that. So <laughs> oh, that is crazy. 
Yeah. That's crazy. Well, I'm so glad that they tested beforehand. So how did you actually tell your husband? Did you kind of just like, you were freaking out. So you kind of <laughs> yeah. just told him. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, he was at work that day and I got it like in the afternoon. He took me out to lunch after that. And I was like, just keeping it a secret the whole time. Cause I don't want him to go to work and then like freak out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, that night when we were making dinner, I was like, Oh, I have to tell you something. <laughs> So that's so yeah. funny. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> and how did you feel throughout your pregnancy? Um, the first trimester was really rough. Um, I was sick every day for like literally 13 weeks. Oh. I was miserable. <laughs> um, I puked all the time. I couldn't even hold down water. Um, so that was pretty miserable. And the second trimester hit and it was good. It was pretty much a breeze. And then third trimester um, was really good up until like, 32 weeks and then it actually started icing and I had an appointment um to go get checked that day and um I fell and so when I went in um I slipped on the ice <laughs> so yeah. when I went in um they were checking my blood pressure and it was like super high and they're like, oh like we're just gonna send you labor and delivery just in case so I went and they checked everything and they sent me home with um like a preeclampsia P test, like okay. a big jug. 24 know? hour urine, yes. Yes. And so I did that and it came back fine. Um, but then after that, it my blood pressure just stayed really high. And I could tell I was just super swollen and like just miserable pretty much. And so um they had to watch me. She sent me home with like a blood pressure cuff and had me watch from 32 weeks on. Um, it was staying like 165 over 98 and it was just really high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, just blood pressure checks all the time. And I was having to come in pretty regularly just to make sure um, that he was okay and stuff like that. So. Okay. So did they ever start you on a blood pressure medication or kind of were they trying not to? And yeah, she okay. was trying not to. Um, I did get on it after my birth. Gotcha. Um, Cause I was still, it got even higher. So <laughs> yes, that, that definitely can happen. Yeah. Okay. So before we kind of get into what happens as blood pressures leading up to your birth story, um, tell me when going into birth, did you have any birth preferences? Did you have any birth plans? Um, what kind of, did you do to prep any like different books or podcasts or, um, birth classes? Yeah. So I actually listened to your podcast, like my whole pregnancy. (laughs) It just helped a lot. Yeah. It just helped a lot. Um, just kind of deciding and like researching more of like what I wanted to do. Um, I did have a birth plan going in. Um, I wasn't going to try and do natural. I was just like, Oh, this, that's just a lot. (laughs) Um, I was planning on getting an epidural. Um, and I didn't want to be hooked up to an IV, but I ended up having to, um, just for a lot of reasons. Um, she said it was probably safer. Um, what else? Uh, like with his vaccines and stuff, I like had certain things I didn't want and did want. And so really the only thing I got for him was like the vitamin K shot um, and the eye ointment. And that was pretty much it. Okay. So it was nothing too crazy. Yeah. I did have preferences like having the ball um, out and just like um, laboring like on my feet and stuff. So yeah. Awesome. All right. So tell us kind of what happened with those blood pressures really. Um, and then kind of your, your, your labor story, your birth story. Okay. So yeah, my blood pressure got really bad at 32 weeks on, um, and continued afterwards, but, um, it was getting really, really bad. And around 36 weeks, I went in for my checkup and she was like, well, like with this type of thing, we typically try to, um, induce, um, women at 38 weeks just because, 
you know, blood pressure and mm-hmm. it can just be really dangerous for you and your baby if you go full term, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, so we set a date and it was for like, I don't know, some like March, like later dates, probably like 22nd or something. And so we got in planned and do state for that date. And um, my husband actually had to go out of town for work. And so he's like, why don't you just stay with your parents like in case anything happens? So you'll be like right there near, near the hospital. But okay. <laughs> and um, I went to bed that night and I was having this terrible headache and I'd like take my like Tylenol for it and nothing was helping. Did all the things like mint, you know, oils, whatever. <laughs> so nothing was working. And um, I test my blood pressure and it was like just really high. And she's like, if it gets over this amount, you need to go in. And she went on vacation right after that. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So I went to labor and delivery that morning at like 6 a.m. How many weeks and were you? I was 37 weeks and five days gotcha. at this point. Yeah. So I was 37 weeks and five days and went into labor and delivery at 6 a.m. And um, they were doing all these tests and I ended up getting preeclamptic. Um, so my doctor was out of town. So this new doctor came in, was explaining everything. And he was like, well, we like to um, deliver the baby at 37 weeks if you're preeclamptic. So you're a little bit over. So we're probably going to induce you today. And I was like, oh, wait, I was like, my husband's not even here. So <laughs> just hold on. Um, so yeah, uh, he told me I was going to get induced that day. So waited on my husband to get there. And there's just a big process. So um, he put a Foley balloon in, gotcha. uh, which I didn't want, <laughs> but, um, you know, just have to get things started. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so they started off with the Foley balloon. Um, how long did that stay in kind of what happened um, with that yeah. and after that? Yeah. So um, I was already like two or almost three centimeters dilated. Okay, um, at, yeah. My 36 week checkup. So it didn't take long for the Foley balloon to like really kickstart anything. Um, I did have to have Pitocin and that made my contractions terrible. (laughs) Um, that I was not expecting. So that kind of was not fun, but, um, yeah, I put me on the Pitocin and the Foley balloon and right from like four centimeters to seven centimeters was like perfect. Um, I labored for like 12 hours though. So that wasn't super fun either. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it went downhill from there. So did you, did you, um, at what point did you get an epidural if, if at all? Yeah. Um, I was like, uh, close to five centimeters okay. or maybe five centimeters. So he just put it in, but once he did that, um, I went to seven centimeters super fast. Okay. Like the four to five is what took forever. <laughs> so okay. So you got to five, got an epidural, quickly went to seven. I'm assuming the fully balloons out at that point and you're just yes. on the Pitocin. Yes. Okay. And then what happened next? So this is where it gets bad. <laughs> um, so I got 37 or 37, seven centimeters <laughs> and um, he broke my water uh, with the little, like, I don't know. The hook. Yes. With the little hook. So I broke my water and he said, don't worry. Um, typically like right at this point, the baby's heartbeat will drop and then it'll come right back up just for whatever reason. And so, um, my nurse was like constantly watching, um, the, his heart rate and stuff. And she kept flipping me on like each side, just like see um, if it would change and his heartbeat just kept steadily dropping. And she called the doctor and he was like, just wait like 
another minute or two and we'll see like if it picks back up. And so at this point, his heart rate went from like 150 down to 30 and it was just really, really fast pace. And so um, after that, she called him back in here and he was like, okay, like we need to get to the VOR like right now. And at this point, they made me drink something. I'm not sure what it was. <laughs> uh, probably bicitra. It's like an antacid, uh, anti-reflux. Okay. Did he check you yeah. when he came back in? How did he know that this was something that the OR would resolve? Yes. So um, he came back in and he checked me and he could feel the cord okay. um, in my cervix. And so he was like, he didn't really tell me like what it was. He didn't want to like, freak me out, I guess. But um, he was like, okay, like your baby's heart is not doing well and he's not breathing. So we need to go to the OR. He okay. just knew like, that's the only resolution yeah. that we had. So it was um, a, a cord prolapse essentially, which is where yes. it happens when you break that water. Normally not at seven centimeters. Um, normally yeah. <laughs> it happens if you're, you know, a doctor breaks your water really early or, or and, I mean, it can happen whenever it is a more rare thing. Um, you know, knock on wood, I've never had a cord prolapse as a nurse or a doula, but, um, with that gush of water, a segment of the cord slips out, um, underneath the head and then, you know, through the cervix and into the vagina. So then baby's head comes Mm -hmm. down. And now if you think about it and nobody can see me because I'm kind of acting out with my hands, but (laughs) you have a a baby's head, a cord that has slipped under baby's head and through the cervix. And now baby's head, has no water. So it's, you know, applied to that cervix and it's essentially pinching off and cutting off that cord blood flow, which obviously is baby's lifeline when they're in there. Um, so yeah, a cord prolapse, uh, you definitely cannot continue to labor. Baby's definitely got to come out. Did one of the nurses, um, or him keep their hand up there and kind of hold the head up? Cause that is something that we commonly do on the way back to the OR. Yes. So my nurse, um, I actually went to school with um, her daughters. And so she's like, are you comfortable with me? Like being here? I was like, oh, absolutely. And she was the one who was holding his head up okay. and, uh, it was kind of emotional for her just cause I've known her for a very long time. So yeah. she's yeah. like, did not want anything to happen to my baby. <laughs> so yeah, totally. Um, so they rush you back to the OR. What happened back there? So, um, at the OR, um, I did have the epidural, but I had just gotten it and it was just like, just kind of like kicking in, you know, it takes a minute and my dosage was still super low. And so I get back there and I moved myself from the, um, like my laboring bed to the surgical table. Um, cause I could walk plenty fine. Like I didn't feel like numb, like at all, if you know what I mean. Um, so I moved myself to the table and there was no time. Uh, the nurse was checking for his heartbeat and there was nothing. And it had been like that for like probably a minute or two. And I could hear him talking to the nurses and was like, um, the anesthesiologist just left actually <laughs> to go home for the night, I guess. And so there's no anesthesiologist um, on site um, to get up there fast enough. Um, Cause we have a pretty big hospital where I'm from. Um, and so, he was talking to the nurses and he's like, we don't really have time to wait. And I just heard all of it going on. I was like, I do not care. I was like, just save my baby. Like I did not go, you know, have him for nine months for this to happen. So, um, and yeah, kind of he, a, a side note, as far as anesthesia goes, I think, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but normally when you get an epidural, even if you were to, for some reason, have a C-section anesthesia comes back and doses up your epidural with a lot stronger medication that really numbs you, you know, epidural numbs you, but normally you can still move your legs a little bit. You can still feel some touch, some pressure. Sometimes you even still feel, you know, the ring of fire and things like that when you have your baby, um, Mm -hmm. for 
a C-section, they put a, a stronger, a lot more, a little different medication right into that same epidural line. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming what your doctor meant was like, he couldn't wait for anesthesia to get back up there. Um, mm-hmm. even if they were still in house and, you know, even were tied up with somebody else, like it, yes. you know, a cord prolapse is seconds to minutes. Um, it's, it's very yes. serious. They need out very quickly. Sorry. Yeah. I just wanted to add that in for anybody who kind of didn't no. know, like, well, you had the epidural, um, but the, the numbing, uh, levels and medications and amounts is very, very different when you're going for a C-section. Yeah. And that's what, when people were asking me afterwards, like what had happened, they're like, well, you saw the epidural. I was like, no, I was like, you don't understand. <laughs> I was like, it's different. Okay. So yeah. they didn't wait for anesthesia. Um, did you, I mean, what did you experience? So I was laying there and so they had no time for sanitizing anything. There was no gowns. It was literally just like pretty much balls to the wall, you know, for lack of a better word. Um, so he started cutting and I mean, I felt everything he was doing. Um, as soon as he started cutting, like I was like clenching my fist, like just trying to like not bear down because I didn't want to like risk pushing him like any further you know, anything like that. So my nurse is like trying to grab my head and like, it's okay. I was like, this is not okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just, he, he got him out in less than two minutes. Um, so he was very fast and efficient. And when he pulled him out, um, I could see his little blue body. I mean, there's no drape. Like I saw everything. Um, it was pretty traumatic. <laughs> so they pulled him out and I saw his little blue body come out and he wasn't breathing still. And so um, the nurses rushed him over to the little, um, his little station and was trying to like um, stimulate him. And I heard his little cry and I was good after that. I was like, I don't even care. <laughs> like that was oh all worth God. it, you know? <laughs> so wow. yeah, it was, yeah. After that, then the anesthesiologist finally got there and put me under to sew me up. But okay. did he it. put you like totally under? Yes. Okay. So he ended up putting you under general anesthesia. Yes. Okay. That, yeah, he, you know, and even if he was there to dose up that epidural, it can take, it's pretty quick, but it can take a little bit for that to take effect. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming by the time he got there, he wasn't even going to waste time with that. He just put you totally under. So then obviously a lot of then that's a blur to you after he's out because you were put to sleep. Mm -hmm. So you probably didn't wake up for another, you know, hour or so. Well, actually, um, he told my family that he was like, you know, she probably won't wake up for another hour, hour and a half. And I was up in like 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I just subconsciously wanted to see him. So yeah. And he, he ended up doing okay. He was fine after mm-hmm. he, you know, got stimulated yes. and, and turned that corner a little bit. Yes. Yeah. He was perfect. He was really small. Um, she said probably just due to my blood pressure, he was like five pounds and like, I think eight ounces. Mm. Yeah. He was really little. Wow. What a crazy yeah story. I mean, and I know you said it was traumatic. I mean, how people get birth trauma that it's, it's obviously a very real thing. Um, and people Mm -hmm. can get birth trauma from birth stories that somebody would look at and say, that was a beautiful birth story. And people can get Mm -hmm. birth trauma from something that somebody looked at and thinks, you know, is horrific. It is all what happened to you and how you perceived it. Mm -hmm. Um, how, how are you feeling after your birth story? I mean, do you feel like you've kind of come to terms with it? Um, or do you feel like you still have a lot of, of trauma there? Cause that is a crazy birth story. I mean, yeah, that's crazy. Um, (laughs) And you're, yeah. you're smiling while you're telling it, which makes me happy and makes me feel better because some people would probably be a total mess. But like I said, we all perceive things differently. You know, you, you mentioned, mm-hmm. you, you said, once I heard him cry, I didn't care about anything. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that's really powerful because not that everybody doesn't love their baby and want to hear them cry, but some women that would still 
that cry wouldn't even matter to them. They would be really focused on what was happening to them, which is super, super valid. But for you, it kind of seems like you heard that cry and you were like, mm-hmm. you know what, whatever happens to me, he, he's here. Mm-hmm. So h- how, how are you doing? How, how did you process over the last six months? Yeah. So actually, um, whenever the whole surgery was happening, I was just literally praying. I was like, God, I was like, just give him breath. Just like breathe life into him. Like just save my baby. Like that's mm-hmm. all that I need right now. I was like, I don't care if I have to go to sleep, save my baby. And so as soon as I heard him cry, I was just so relieved and like, fine. Um, it took me quite a few months though, to like really like get over the trauma. Um, just, I would still cry a lot. Just, mm-hmm. It was very painful to yes. say the least. Um, um, I, <laughs> I feel like that's something you also kind of skimmed over. You were like, oh, he just, yeah. you know, cut me open and then came and put me to sleep. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it, it was very painful. I mean, I felt all the pressure, all the cutting, like, and I don't know when people were like, oh, he's had the epidural. I'm like, well, that's not the same. It was like the kind of, they might've taken the edge off. It might've taken the edge off. Thank God. Um, but I'm sure, you know, epidurals standard Mm -hmm. epidural, um, is not made for a C-section exactly. So yeah. 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 So I'm still, um, trying to get over the trauma a little bit. Um, some days are still a little bit rough. Like I'm just like, okay, he's here. Like we're both safe. Um, I told my husband, I was like, I need a little bit before we have another one, you know? <laughs> um, I think that that's so, pretty valid. And, and, and yeah. yeah, yeah. my nurse was like, well, it's probably going to feel like you gave birth both ways. So just oh take it goodness. easy for a little bit. Yeah. Cause I mean, she had to like put her hand like so far up yeah, and yeah. just like hold up his head and off the cord. Yeah. Yes. And then, um, after the C-section, um, it took me a while to like be able to get up, but, like I think my body was just so traumatized of like what just happened. Um, all my nerves like around my um, incision were just like on fire constant. Like if I move a certain way, it would just be like on fire and it hurt. Yes. <laughs> it was very painful. So um, of course they were giving me um, medication to help with it, but it still wasn't like, I didn't want to like drugged out all the time either. Like I wanted to enjoy my baby um, cause I was there from a Tuesday to a Friday. So I was there for quite a few days. Mm-hmm. Um, they were just monitoring me cause my blood pressure was still really bad. Of course the, um, surgery was crazy <laughs> um, yes. and just monitoring him and just making sure he was okay. So he got discharged before I did. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. That, that is, I'm processing your own birth story as you're telling me it. Um, It's just so crazy. Truthfully, you are so strong and so brave to be able to tell it. And um, you just, yeah, you you tell it in a way that is very, (laughs) I don't want to say like, you're okay with it, but you, you just, you tell it in a really good way. Um, So that that's just crazy. Um, How are you feeling like physically now, six months out from this surgery? Yeah, so I'm actually um, really good. Um, I've not really bounced back yet. So like, you know, the little baby weight, whatever, but I feel very well. Um, I'm not tired anymore, thankfully. (laughs) That was one thing that was just constant. I was so tired all the time. Um, Yeah, I'm doing good. Um, I still have um, uh, a lot of swelling, um, like in my hands, especially my wrists, but um, we're getting there, so it's mostly thyroid stuff too, I think, but. Oh yeah. I, I feel you on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
you mentioned also you had an epidural bubble and had to get a blood patch. Do you kind of want to tell about how you knew you had that and what that procedure was like? Yeah. So, um, after the surgery, um, for the next few days, I had a constant headache anytime I would stand up or like even slightly like sit up in the bed. So the only way that um, it'd be related is like I was laying down and that was it. So literally I had to like nurse my baby laying down constantly. Like if people came in the room and stuff, like I couldn't sit up to like talk to them. I just had to be like back all the time. And um, I just thought it was like part of, you know, the whole experience. Um, I just thought I just still have so much going on. My body's still adjusting to what just happened. Um, and actually, whenever I got discharged, um, the nurse pushing me down um, in the wheelchair, she was asking me like, how I was doing. I told her about the headache and because I was sitting in the wheelchair and I just thought I was going to pass out. Like, my head hurts so bad. And she was like, oh, well, like, does it help when you like lay back? I was like, yes, yeah. so it's literally the only thing that like relieves me. And she said, well, I think you might need to go check if you have an epidural bubble. Um, she said, it doesn't happen that often, but she said, um, when it does happen, like it's excruciating. Um, she said, basically it's like a level that you like use for hanging pictures or whatever. And she's like, if it's like off, then the, you know, the bubble raises up. And she said, that's what it's doing up your spine. Um, so what you'll do is go in to wherever and the anesthesiologist will um, we'll take blood out of your arm and put it back into your epi like epidural spot and it'll like patch it up. I was like, great. <laughs> so I was like, that's what I need. So um, I thought I went home Friday and um, Saturday. I was like, man, I cannot take this anymore. Like I just cannot enjoy my baby and stuff. It's just a lot. Um, so Sunday morning I went in, well, I called and I was like, hey, I think I need to come in for a blood patch because I just have this thing going on. So the anesthesiologist met me there and um, he did the blood patch and everything. And like 30 minutes later, like immediate relief. Um, yeah. I mean, there was definitely like a ton of pressure like in that spot. Um, yeah. But it was way worth it. <laughs> I did not care. <laughs> yeah. I, I've only seen one ever done. Um, again, a definitely a rare thing. Um, mm -hmm. But they, it is just like you said, like people will sit up there like, oh my God, I haven't been able to sit up for days, just this pounding mm -hmm. killer headache. And they place this blood patch, usually have you lay flat still for, I think a little bit. And then you sit up and you're like, oh my gosh, I yeah. feel like a new person. You don't realize how bad it is. I think until it's gone truly. No. And it's such an easy, yeah. I mean, I don't want to say like easy fix, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's pretty quick. Yes. It's pretty, pretty much. Easy. Yes. Yeah. Well, I actually like my whole birth experience was honestly not the greatest. Um, as soon as I got there and they were trying to place IVs. I mean, I was so swollen, like you couldn't see any veins. Right. Um, it was just really bad. So the first thing that happened was um, they blew my vein trying to get the IV in. So I had this huge bruise on my arm. And then uh, to get the epidural, well, the way that my spine is, I guess, um, my epidural like space is really, really deep. And he like wasn't able to get it in properly. So he would like go in, but then he had to go down with it. So um, it took him five times to get it in. And so I was like in so much pain. <laughs> um, and then with the epidural, um, the first, like, I think the first time he did it, um, I got this terrible like shock down my right leg. And that lasted for like two months, three months. Um, and that was really painful. Like you couldn't touch my leg or anything. Um, so that wasn't very fun, but so they got the epidural and then the birth. Um, 
the c-section everything happened and then the blood patch happened I was like what else could go wrong (laughs) well I'm glad you're you know six months out and and you're feeling pretty good um how has postpartum been you know aside from physical um how are you doing six months out with just a six month old with a baby yeah (laughs) no um he's actually really good he's very easy um we actually bed share, which makes things 10 easier, <laughs> um, especially with breastfeeding. Um, we, he loves it. I love it. So I just roll over and he's right there. Um, but he's really good. I mean, healthy. He's, I think, 18 pounds right now, finally in six to nine month clothing, and oh he's good. Gosh, that, mm-hmm. that is amazing. All right. Yes. So, my really, my last question for you if you had to kind of, um, have one of your biggest tips or pieces of advice or even something you learned from your birth, what would it be? Oh, dang. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> uh, honestly, just like, don't be afraid. Like anything that's going to happen. Like I planned for something and it totally did not go that way. Mm-hmm. So just don't be shocked or anything. If your plan doesn't go because most time it's probably not going to. So yes, <laughs> yes that's yeah. why preparation learning about, you know, you can learn a million different ways birth can go and it still might not go one of those ways. Um, but you know, you just try to educate yourself the best advocate Mm -hmm. for what you want. And, um, those little stinkers though, I mean, they're in charge. You could have done, you know, especially thinking about your birth plan, you could have done everything, learned everything, hired an amazing birth team, a doula, you know, whatever you want in your cord. I mean, Mm -hmm. what if, you, th- th- those things wouldn't have directly changed your cord prolapse, right. you know? So yeah. you can do all the things. And I think that it definitely is still important to know about everything, to hear about everything, to learn about everything. And, mm-hmm. um, to know that still at the end of the day, you know, things, mm-hmm. things definitely can happen. Um, but yes. I do think when you're educated and know these things, some fear gets removed from that too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. Well, I definitely like, yeah, I definitely educated myself like on the C-section and, um, like just, normal birth like overall um because I just want to know both my mom I'm a twin so she had to have a c-section um for us so I was like okay just like I need to make sure both ways just in case and so yeah yeah it definitely helped to know too like for the c-section um like how much I needed to move myself afterwards because like when you just lay there you'll get so much more sore mm-hmm. than like if you're just walking around so right. that is what I found out <laughs> so it's a lot better just like get yourself moving first so Yes. I tell, even if it was traumatic, (laughs) I tell, I would tell patients in the hospital all the time. Like, I know that day one, you do not want to get up. You do not want to move, but I promise you this first day is usually the hardest. And if you can push through it, you're going to feel so much better tomorrow than you would have if you laid in bed all day today. Yes. Yeah. Well, and they kept my, um, I just forgot the name of it where it like catches your pee. Uh, Oh, my catheter. (laughs) Yes. Yes. They kept my catheter in, um, for the day after just because everything that went on. Yeah. Um, so that was still pretty uncomfortable too. Absolutely. Um, so, <laughs> um, yeah, they kept that in. So that made me really not want to get up and move around. So this bag just hanging, you know? Yeah. So wow. yeah, it took me about probably two days to like, really like get myself up and like want to move on my own. So, wow. Wow. Well, Kyra, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, for sharing your, pretty crazy birth story. I'll be honest. It might be up there in some of the craziest that I've ever heard. Um, but I am so happy to hear you tell it with a smile on your face. And, um, you know, it it seems like you're doing really well, even afterwards, even though it was, you know, for sure, crazy, unexpected. Um, Mm -hmm. it it was great to hear and just to let people know about the things that can happen. You never know. (laughs) 
Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of What The Bump. Make sure to follow us over on Instagram at WhatTheBumpCLT. Check out our website, WhatTheBumpCLT.com. Make sure to leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you are listening on. And tune in every Monday at 9 a.m. for a new episode. Remember that this podcast is for educational purposes only. I will see you next week in the next episode.